Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Wednesday the 23rd of October. Coming up, 39 bodies found in lorry near Dartford Crossing. Emergency services attended, but sadly all 39 people inside the container had died. Murderer who went shopping while on the run, sentenced. This is a mother's worst nightmare and one that I will never wake up from. And more disappointment for Gillingham. We had enough good possession and good opportunities and uh, especially in that first period to, to win tonight. So we, we go away disappointed. Kent Online News. Well, our top story today is that 39 bodies have been found in a lorry container in Essex, not far from the Dartford Crossing. The discovery was made in Greys early this morning. Deputy Chief Constable at Essex Police, Pippa Mills, has given us this statement. Shortly before 1.40am today, we received reports that a number of people had been found inside a lorry's container at the Waterglade Industrial Park on Eastern Avenue in Greys. We believe the lorry is from Bulgaria and came into the UK through Hollyhead on the 19th of October. Emergency services attended, but sadly all 39 people inside the container had died. Early indications suggest that one of these people was a teenager, the rest are believed to be adults. A murder investigation was launched and the lorry driver, a 25-year-old man from Northern Ireland, was arrested on suspicion of murder and remains in police custody. At this stage, we have not identified where the victims are from or their identities, and we anticipate this could be a lengthy process. I would like to thank the local community, and in particular those who have been directly affected by the police cordon at the industrial site. Thank you for your cooperation, and I appreciate the impact the road closure will have on businesses within the cordon. I'm unable to say at this stage how long the cordon will be in place, but please let me reassure you that my officers and partners will be doing everything they can to release the scene as soon as possible. This is an absolute tragedy and very sad day for Essex Police and the local community. We will continue to work alongside many other partner agencies to find out what led to these deaths. I'd like to appeal for anyone who has any information to contact my officers at the major investigation team on 101 or by visiting our Essex Police website. We will update all of our channels as we're able to, but please appreciate we're in the early stages of what is likely to be a lengthy investigation. The Prime Minister says the Home Office is working closely with the police and he's appalled by what he's calling a tragic incident. A 25-year-old man from Northern Ireland has been arrested on suspicion of murder following this discovery. Meantime, the MP for Ashford has been speaking in the Commons and called for tighter checks at places like the Port of Dover. Here's what Damien Green and Home Secretary Priti Patel had to say. My right honourable friend will be aware that words are, uh, are barely available to cover the full horror of this. Uh, but she'll also be aware, to, to pick up one of the points just made, that the, uh, most of the effort of Border Force in terms of combating the disgusting uh, and murderous crime of people trafficking have been concentrated on the channel ports and on unorthodox, uh, non-official transport across the channel. Can she reassure the House that Border Force will be able to spread its efforts to cover not just Holyhead, as in this case, but also other ports uh, around the country where if, if lorries are coming in regularly, clearly this disgusting trade could take place because it is going to require a defence of the whole United Kingdom uh, if we're going to be successful in saving lives in the future.
Well, my right honourable friend is absolutely right, and you know we have just seen today of one example, one incident, a horrible, horrific incident in Essex. But of course, my right honourable friend has also just alluded to other examples. Small boats, for example, coming through Kent, coming through Dover. And there has been a great deal of work that has taken place in preventing um, people trafficking through those particular routes. But he is right. And in answer to his question, absolutely, we are committed not just with Border Force, but with our other agencies, through our intelligence network as well, to work far more collaboratively to ensure that, yes, we can ensure that all ports are prepared, while our staff are looking out for some of the most appalling behaviours, um, some of the examples that we are now speaking about today in the House, but importantly that we do more collectively as a government to work with our international partners to stop this from happening in the first place. Lib Dem MEP for the South East of England, Anthony Hook, has also given us his reaction today. I'm devastated by the news that's come through of these 39 people who have been found dead in the back of a container. People only make desperate, dangerous journeys when they feel they've got no other choice. Clearly what's happened here needs to be investigated, their identities need to be established, and the full story of how they came to be dead in this container needs to be uh, established. And the people who have done this, who have tried to smuggle them, need to be brought to justice and face the full arm of the law. Those people are very likely to be in more than one European country and possibly outside Europe. Those who are in Europe should be dealt with by the new European Public Prosecutor's Office, which will start work very soon, because this is a cross-border crime and it needs a cross-border solution. Satbir Singh is the Chief Executive of the Joint Council for the Welfare of Immigrants. He's been telling Sky News what he thinks. We don't know all the details, but what we do know is that 39 people have lost their lives and they were mums and dads and brothers and sisters who had hopes and dreams and fears just like you and me. And while we don't know all the details, I think we can all agree this is just an absolute unmitigated tragedy this morning that we're seeing unfold. If it does transpire that this is related to trafficking, then it's very clear that the absence of clear and safe routes for people to move, and let's remember that people are going to move. And if we block every door and build walls in place of every gate and bridge, then people are going to fall prey to traffickers and this kind of extreme exploitation. I think there needs to be a really a prolonged bit of soul-searching about how we end up in a situation like this. And there needs to be much more Europe-wide cooperation to make sure that journeys are safe, that people aren't falling prey to traffickers, that, that people aren't able to exploit the vulnerable in this, in this very senseless and tragic way. People are going to move. People have always moved. I don't want to see anybody smuggled, trafficked and, and fall prey to this kind of you know, senseless tragedy. I think, I think people who, who will look at this and respond in a way that says, well, actually, we just need to be a little bit more firm with our borders, I think they just need to ask themselves, does anybody benefit? Does anybody feel better or safer this morning knowing that 39 people are no longer alive? If there's a criminal element here, and it does certainly look like there is, given that somebody's been arrested, then there is, of course, you know, an enforcement approach that has to be made um, to target people who are exploiting vulnerable people who want to, you know, perhaps make their way into Europe or travel across Europe. But the, 
the most powerful way that we can strip traffickers of their power and their ability to do things like this is to make sure that the system is working, to make sure that people aren't falling through the gaps, that they aren't falling prey to these traffickers, to make sure that there are those routes, that those, those journeys are safe, that if they apply to the authorities for permission to enter Europe or to travel across Europe, that those decisions are made quickly and fairly and that they can trust in those decisions, that they can trust in that system and they don't find themselves in a position where they are paying somebody for what essentially transpires to be their death sentence. We can crack down on traffickers and we must absolutely do that because they are operating outside the law, they are exploiting people. But we have to face the fact that the absence of real rigorous cooperation across Europe, even sort of policy here within the UK, that, that makes sure that people are making safe journeys. The absence of that leads indirectly in many ways to tragedies like this and we need to solve those problems. Now all this has happened almost 20 years after the bodies of 58 migrants were found in the back of a lorry at the port of Dover. You can read more on that story and we'll bring you updates on what happened in Essex today at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online reports. A man caught on CCTV shopping in Kent after murdering a man in a bar has been jailed for life. Shane O'Brien from Labrook Grove visited the Ashford designer outlet after killing 21-year-old Josh Hansen in a bar in London in 2015. The 31-year-old then fled the UK on a private plane and went on the run for three and a half years using fake travel documents until he was eventually arrested in Romania and brought back to Britain in April. He's been told he'll serve a minimum of 26 years. The victim's mum, Tracy Hansen, spoke outside the Old Bailey following sentencing. This is a mother's worst nightmare and one that I will never wake up from. My son was taken from me in the cruelest way possible. Nothing could ever be said in a courtroom to address that. But today's sentence goes some way to giving us the space we need to start to grieve. A man accused of stabbing another man to death at a caravan park near Canterbury has admitted killing him midway through a trial. A 30-year-old was found with a serious chest injury at the site off Gate Hill in Dunkirk in April. 48-year-old Dimitri Palazzo held up a note in court admitting manslaughter but still denies murder. The trial continues. Detectives are investigating after a woman in her 30s told officers she was sexually assaulted in Folkestone. She's said to have been attacked by a young man or possibly a teenage boy in Payers Park in the early hours of this morning. A second man was also there. Police are keen to speak to anyone who was in the area around that time. A Medway man has been sentenced to 20 years in prison after deliberately causing a gas explosion at his furniture shop near Liverpool. The blast in the Wirral in March 2017 injured more than 80 people, including a 21-year-old man who suffered multiple fractures and a serious brain injury. 63 properties were also damaged. A jury at Liverpool Crown Court had also found 57-year-old Pascal Blasio from William Street in Raynham guilty of making a fraudulent insurance claim. Temporary Assistant Chief Constable Natalie Parashine is from Merseyside Police. Pascal Blasio has been remorseless and brazen in persistently denying his involvement in the cataclysmic explosion which devastated the lives of dozens of people and had a colossal and lasting impact on the community of New Ferry. I sincerely hope that the sentencing of Blasio today means that the people of New Ferry can now start to draw a line under that fateful night and begin to rebuild their lives in the knowledge that Blasio will spend a considerable amount of time in prison 
paying for his greedy and selfish actions. This prosecution has been hugely complex and challenging, and it would not have been possible without the toil and dedication of my team of detectives, who've worked meticulously on this case, viewing hundreds of hours of CCTV footage, taking over 750 statements from victims and 115 victim impact statements in order to bring this case to a successful conclusion. I wish to extend my wholehearted thanks to colleagues in the Crown Prosecution Service for their support in bringing this case to court. Furthermore, I'm immensely grateful to colleagues at Merseyside Fire and Rescue Service and the Health and Safety Executive in particular, as well as Wirral Council and the North West Ambulance Service. Their collective contributions, working together as one multi-agency team with a wealth of experience, proved invaluable. Finally, I must thank the people of New Ferry for their continued patience, support and dignity throughout the two and a half years since the explosion. I know that this will have been a very long and difficult process for them. However, I'm pleased that we've finally been able to bring this terrible case to a successful conclusion. Kent Online reports. The front of a newsagent's near Gravesend has been smashed to pieces during an overnight ram raid. At Kent Online, you can see the damage done to the little shop in Sol Street in Cobham. Police say they were called just before midnight on Monday and recovered a 4x4 in Sevenoaks. So far, no one's been arrested. Kent will soon have another 56 police officers who will be dedicated to tackling crime in 26 of our town centres. 38 officers are being recruited to join the 18 already in the role as part of a pilot in places like Maidstone, Folkestone and Chatham. They'll be on patrol during the evening hours to deal with things like antisocial behaviour and theft. Kent campaigners worried they might still have to fight plans for a quarry near to where they live have come up with an unusual way of raising money to cover legal costs. They're putting a Florida holiday up for grabs. Villagers in Ryarsh don't want a 3.6 million tonne sand quarry and are worried it could be put back on the agenda following a review. Well, they're running a raffle to pay solicitor fees. Joe's been speaking to Mary McKinley, who's chairman of Ryarsh Parish Council. We've got to the stage now with the quarry where the inquiry is, I think it's almost completed now, last week was the last week, and then we've got to wait for the inspector's report. And the inspector, we hope, will support Kent County Council in taking Rahash Quarry off the agenda. Uh, But there's always the possibility that for some reason they'll do something else. So we always have to be ready to fight. Tell us about that fight a little bit more because, and you're leaving those signs in and around the village as well. We've we've left them there because we felt that if, as inspectors do sometimes, they come and have a look and see what's happening and seeing the place full of signs shows that there's an awful lot of people who still care about what's going on. The quarry business is still a worry for us. There will always be a time in the future, I suppose, where they're going to pop up and say, well, we've used up all the, all the sand that we've had already. But I'm hoping that before we get to that stage, they'll be using things much differently. We'll be reusing stuff that's already been done. And there'll be other alternatives in building 
than using brand new sand all the time. The, the people from the riot protection group have spent a lot of money and that's why we're urging everybody to buy their raffle tickets. There is a raffle which is being drawn on the 30th of November. Nothing to do with the 30th of October, but the 30th of November, there's a, the raffle's being drawn and there are amazing prizes. It's a two week Florida family holiday. All kinds of things. So, not quite the Euro millions, but no, it's actually supporting a really local cause. That, that well, it will, is, yeah. and and the money's needed for to pay for the legal fees and everything else that's gone on. I mean, even the yellow signs that's cost a lot of money. Almost now that there's nothing more that you can do in in a sense of of, of or very little you can do now to sway the inspector. And does that almost feel a bit more concerning now? You've got KCC to take it off the plan. But does it make it? Does it give you any concerns that now you can't? You have no power. We st we still have the landowners and the people who would have operated the quarry who are very keen to do it, and they're trying to make a case that there is a need for extra sand. So we can't relax and say it's all done. We've just got to wait. And I think the most exciting thing will be when we get the result from the the inspector, and hopefully we might be able to. For a little while, anyway. An alternative option at Chapel Farm in Lenham looked to be the preferred option when KCC deemed the Ryash option inappropriate last December. You can also watch KMTV's video report on Kent Online. Kent Online Sport. Football and the Gillingham manager says he's not happy after coming away from Shrewsbury Town with just one point. Stuart O'Keefe's penalty put the Jills ahead just before half time, but the game ultimately finished 1 0. Boss Steve Evans told us what he thought of the match. The performance was good, for especially long spells in the first half where we've dominated. We get a penalty for a foul on Tommy. We have two other penalties. I think there's a clear foul and there's a clear handball. And um, I think the referees get he's in a poor game any But you know, second half, I think they come into the game a bit, which you which you'd expect. They get the goal through to a poor individual error from us, and it seems to be an Achilles heel at the minute. It's poor individual rather than teams carving us open. Um, and to be fair, we regrouped, we made some changes, we tried to be positive We, the players we brought on, bringing Leon and bringing in Julian, the positive attacking players. Um, and then I think it's, um, I don't know if it's Mandarin, is it Mandarin that goes through and goal? Yeah, bringing Charles Cook, sorry, he gets chopped down, referee decides a yellow. It was last man for me, it's, it's bizarre to everyone, including their bench. Sam said to me right away, that's, that's a red, isn't it? Because he, he feared for the red. But yeah, we've got a young referee, we'll, you know, we'll... He's learning, any that's what they'll tell us. It's a clear goal-scoring opportunity if the foul doesn't take place, that's the rules. If it's inside the box, it's a penalty. Doesn't need to be a red card if it's outside the box and he's going through and goal to and denies a clear goal-scoring opportunity, it's a, it's a straight red, and, and that's what we expected. But we shouldn't have come to that. In the first half, we'd, we'd enough good play, enough good possession, enough balls into the box, enough quality. Nice to see it, because obviously we're, uh, we're attacking the end where the Jills fans are and they've seen a lot of good play, but... They'll probably be scratching their head as well why we've no two penalties and I don't, but we we don't seem to get a break. You know, our performances have been have been good in recent weeks. We need to we need to turn these into to wins. Cut out the individuals, we win a lot of games. I think we're playing really well. Um people don't want to continue to hear it. Um you know, but with the resources we walk in, we're getting a real shift from these boys. Again, is everything. We just said, sure, Keith said it, because it's him tonight. It was Burner on Saturday. It's, it's different people who's making huge errors. It's making it difficult for us. Um, if you keep, if it's the same player, it makes it continually makes the same mistakes. Yeah. That's easy. 
put them on a train, send them to Folkestone, let them stay there for a week or a couple of months. That's easy. But when it's different players, it's concentration. And Stuart's been terrific tonight. But I'll go home, and I said to you, I'll go home thinking, yep, two points left in Shrewsbury. And a big mistake, Stuart. But I thought, I thought he was wonderful. So it's, it's a little mixed review. He's the first player in a long time when we've walked in the dressing room. Sorry, Gaffer. Sorry, Ryan. Sorry, boys. And he's shaking hands with everyone that comes in because he knows his error cost us two points. But in saying that, I said to him, yeah, you did, but you were superb tonight. We'll keep walking with the boys. We'll keep walking hard. Thanks to the supporters. It's a terribly long journey on a Tuesday. Football League are really kind to everybody, aren't they? They bring us here on a Tuesday and the tennis day I on Saturday. Kind people up at Football League, aren't they? I'll do more travelling this week and I've done on my summer holidays. <laughs> So the only, thing, the only difference is Paul Scully won't let me take a caravan off. Last night's result has left Gillingham 17th in the League One table. And finally today, the Margate Film Festival is underway. The event's now in its second year and features everything from comedies and dramas to hard-hitting documentaries about topical issues like immigration. There'll also be exhibitions, live performances, workshops and talks with directors. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day and overnight, head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.